dedicated by Yeshua Shalom Atzil. Rabbi Yeshua Shalom Atzil. This is in honor of his father's Olav HaShalom's Yorzeit. Not Yorzeit. Actually, his father passed away a little over a month ago. Rabbi Shimon Agajan Ben Binyamin. Um, the Shloishim was just just uh, the other day. He passed away in Chava of Tevis. Um, I think the shir is very appropriate for his his neshama. Let this be a schus for his neshama, being that as I hear, he was a person who took care of many synagogues, many shuls. Uh, he was a sh- he was the uh, gabai in the shul, took care of the shuls, charge of the shuls back in Iran. And um, today's class is all going to be about shuls, so that's a very big schus for his neshama. I also want the shir to be dedicated to my uncle, who uh, everything is Barzgach Abratis. I went to Eretz Yisrael uh, for a visit, and, uh, and my plans was to visit my uncle. My uncle, uh, my father's twin brother, he was um, an extraordinary, extraordinary person. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he fell ill a few, a couple of months ago, just a few months. And then um, when we were there, and I didn't even get a chance to go visit him yet, um, he um, passed away, yeah. So, Yitzchak ben Sion ben Ruvain Hakoyin. Um, may this be his host to his neshama. He's uh, known as Itcher Wolf, a very, very, very great philanthropist in the early 70s. Uh, I should say, people who knew him, I can say, it was said about him was he taught the American, the American. Jews, the um, the new generation, if we can say, in the United States, of Yidden how to give tzedakah. Is 
his, his amount, his ability of his, his uh, dedication, his devotion to helping other people was just went beyond, 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 beyond. Um, just one, and, 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 and everything was done in a way that no one knew. That was like crazy. I mean, people knew he was a big bald stucker, but it wasn't like, you know, tzedakah just for, you know, causes where you can have your name on something, which is a very big schus. But it was these quiet causes. While we were sitting by the shiva, I just overheard a story. My father was relating that he went um, to meet, um, he went to meet, uh, my sister got engaged, he went to meet the family, and then someone said, oh, you're Itchawolf's brother. He said, yeah, let me tell you a story about your brother. He said, I think it was him or, or a family member of his uh, got messed up in Israel with uh, owing money to some undesirable uh, group of people which you don't want to owe them. You don't want to owe them money. And somehow my uncle found out about it and he, had, and he called him. Again, it's the complete stranger that he knew of and he knew that he was in a predicament that was in a terrible, terrible state. And he called him, and he said, here is $800,000. And the guy looked at him like he's off the wall. And he said, a father doesn't do this for a child. He said, I know you need the money. Your life is in danger. Here is the money. I don't need it now. So I have it, and I don't need it now. Take it. So this is like talking about a person we're not dealing with over here, you know, like, you know, giving a million dollars. We're talking about also in the early 70s, so a million dollars then was like, through a private person who was in trouble. So we're talking about a type, a level of kindness, a level of sensitivity, a level of caring that is just beyond, beyond. And when the diamonds fell, he lost his, his fortune, and he always struggled afterwards, but I uh, was just an unbelievable human being. May, the, may this be a big schuss for his neshama, for my uncle, my uncle Itcha, be a big schuss for him. And uh, now we're ready to have the shear. Okay, so I came back from the Holy Land right now, and it's just magnificent. Every time I go, I'm just blown away at how the country has grown and developed and thriving and thriving and built up. It's, a, it's so beautiful, Eretz Yisrael, because you've got the old and the new. It's, it's coming together. It's the most ancient civilization one of the oldest of the oldest, and at the same time, it's so recent because it was it was so it was so uh, desolate to about a hundred hundred years ago, and then everything just it's nothing short than as you say a modern day miracle. It's one of the greatest miracles to see the country thrive. And every time you go back, you see it's being built and built and built, and it's unbelievable. So it's exciting. And when you we took you know walking in the old city of Yerushalayim, and then. Actually, this time I went into the areas that are that belong to us, but uh, others think it doesn't belong to us. And I went on a tour where they took me into these uh, homes where the people are buying back homes in the Arab Quarter and places like that. I have to say, I was terrified to walk around over there, but the one that was taking me was very confident. So, um, in any case, uh, it's amazing, and and you and, 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 and we come up so close. You know, you know, we don't go up on the Harabais, but I came up actually very, very close. This lady took took us to to one of the gates 
in the Arab quarter that you go right up from there to the, and you can see the, whether, yeah, the, the Makam Amigdash and the closest I've ever been. And we're all excited about the third temple. We know that Beis Amigdash is going to be rebuilt, Bekar of Mamish, and to be standing so close to that spot is really, really exciting. Uh, the question, however, is maybe we're even closer now than when I was standing right next to that spot. What do I mean by that? What does it mean that maybe we're standing now closer than, than then? Well, it's something you do in your daily routine and, you ha- and we have no clue about how awesome it is that we can stand in such a place. But let me first preface this by first asking the question. We're expecting Moshiach to come any day. And today's class is a very unique class, by the way. I'm going to say things that are very, just very unique. And um, the reason I think it has to be said right now is because, you know, whoever is a little sensitive can sense the tension that's in the, in the, in the, in, in the world. It's powerful tension. And you see that the powers of klipa, the powers of the impure, the powers of the unholy, are clamoring to stay alive. And they're fighting their last, their last, their little last battle. And you can see in across the United States that certain things were done just in the last few weeks that are just an unbelievable display of the chutzpah of the klipa, of the unholy. And that is that, you know, they're legalizing abortions at, 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 in the ninth month we're talking about absolute murder. It's unbelievable. Murder of maybe thousands and thousands of innocent ch- children that are ready to be born. This is a murder. And it just occurred to me as I'm speaking to you right now, there is a panemius to that. In addition to the fact that it's murder, but there's a panemius to that. The baby of Mashiach is about to be born. The great Geula, which is a birth. And behind this whole fight, to fight against the the Shal Moshiach, Moshiach's kingdom, is to chas v'shalem, commit abortion on, on the baby of the redemption, on the power of Moshiach Tzedkenu. That's really what they're fighting against. What you're seeing is just, because you realize that there's forces of that, that are represented in the spiritual forces in the realms above. They're going to lose because their time is over right now. But I do feel that we have to put an extra effort into counter the onslaught of the unholy with a powerful thrust of Kedusha. And that means getting out of the box. And getting out of the box is what I'm going to be doing tonight. I'm going to be saying things that might shock some of the listeners. But that's okay. Because we're going to be living in times very, very soon that are going to shock the world. And this is a holy shock. So get ready for a holy shock. Put on your seatbelt and get ready for, to be shocked. It's okay to be shocked. I'm just going to share with you some really, really, really amazing things. Um, what do you mean I'm going to share? I'm, I, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't have inside information. <laughs> I'm not a Novi. Uh, I would say the Lushan. I'm not a Novi. I'm not a Ben Novi. My father's a great guy. Really special Yid, but he's not a Novi. So I'm not a Novi. But I'm sharing with you words of Tzadikim. I'm going to share with you words of Tzadikim that uh, for some reason didn't get out there enough and uh, I would like to share this see when we think about Moshiach's coming the, the redemption uh, you know a lot of people believe that we, everybody has to move to Eretz Yisrael now a 
have to wait. Mashiach is going to come, and you have from time to time, you have these like WhatsApp that go out with some great Kabbalist, some Baba from Eretz Yisrael or someone, which is great, who say that everybody now must come. There's a danger for the Jews in America. Everybody must come from the whole world. That's great, but I'm still here. So I want to talk to the people that are still here. <laughs> and uh, do we have to worry about all these predictions that we have to go? And many people believe that the action, even if it's not Shalom, there's no catastrophic, you know, we're not Shalom predicting any catas- uh, catastrophic things uh, for the Yidden who live in the diaspora. You know, Europe is on fire, that we know. And sadly, that Jews have to leave. But in America, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, we're safe. Uh, the question is, however, there's another thing. Where is the action going to be? Is the action of the redemption going to take place in Eretz Yisrael? Or is the primary, where is ground zero? That's the question. What's ground zero of the redemption? Does it happen in Eretz Yisrael? Does it happen in Chutz Liaretz? So most people have the idea that it's going to happen in Eretz Yisrael. Where is Mashiach going to reveal himself? Eretz Yisrael. Where is the Beis Amigdash going to descend? Third base something that's coming down from heaven. So I'm going to bring you the sources for that. Where is it going to come down? In Eretz Yisrael. Everybody. I'm sure there's sources that might be quoted by others. Um, I want to share with you the Lubavitcher Rebbe's view on this whole, on this whole thing. Um, I'm, as you know by now, a Chabad Chassid. Um, and uh, I'm very comfortable with the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and what he said. And uh, regarding to this, he made some really, really extraordinary statements about uh, where the action is going to be. And that's what I'd like to share. Now, why am I so confident? Because we're talking about predictions of the future. So from all the tzaddikim that I've known, and I've known quite a few tzaddikim, the Rebbe is known that he made predictions of the future, and every single word that he said was always, he was absolutely right. Sometimes it takes a little longer for it to be fulfilled, but I'll share with you just a few examples. In uh, 1967, the world was terrified. The Jewish world was literally panicking because the land, uh, the Eretz Yisrael, was being surrounded by legions that were promising the total decimation and destruction and driving the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. Basically, the worst, one of the worst massacres of Jews that was going to be perpetrated, God forbid. There was no way to avoid it. And uh, the drums of, of battle were, were heard and everybody was in an Israel. They were preparing body bags by the thousands. Um, it, was, it was a frightening time. It was an extremely frightening time. Um, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and this is, really, this is really amazing. I mean, if anybody wants to see the, 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 the Enavi in action, you want to see Enavi in action. I, I have no problem saying this is Nevuah, because this is what it was. It was clearly Nevuah. There's many levels. There's Ruach HaKodesh and there's Nevuah. The Rebbe, interesting, in a talk, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, um, we can stay Golostig if we want to stay Golostig and stay in, locked in our, in, our, in our little puny little minds believing that the, the, whatever, there will never be Nevuah again until the skies open up and there is Nevuah but the Rambam says differently what can I tell you the Rambam says 
Ein Suffolk in Pirush Mishnayis in Sanhedrin. Ein Suffolk. No, I'm sorry. The Rambam says it not in Pirush Mishnayis. The Rambam says it in his Igeres Ateman. Ein some Suffolk. There is no doubt. Shechazaras Hanavua who he Hagdamas Hamashiach. Those are the words of the Rambam. There's no doubt that the return of prophecy is an introduction to Mashiach. That means that the time before Mashiach comes, and this everybody has to agree, Mikotn Vad Gadol, from the small to the great that we're living today in the pre-era before Mashiach comes. Everybody, everybody is masking to that. But it says that well, there's going to be a turn of Nevuah. And the Rebbe that spoke in Parsha Shoiftim, Tafshinun Aleph, Mar Shabbos Ofruf, uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe then spoke that that began with the Balshem And he proves that the Balshem was a Navi. Because it, when it says in Chazal that when this and these people, Naviim, Naviim, uh, they stopped being Naviim, the, he's Medayik, the word, the Gemara's words are very, very, the Gemara uses the words over there, it doesn't say Batla. Batla means it was, it was stopped. Nistalka. Nistalka means it departed. The part it means there was a, a lack of, uh, you know, well, there's no connection, there's no, there's no connectivity. It's like when you get your phone and it gets, and there's no connection, you have no Wi-Fi connection. Does that mean you throw your phone in the garbage? No, you know, you'll get to a different place. There will be a Wi-Fi, you'll get better reception, you'll, it'll, it'll connect. So the Jewish people, we had Wi-Fi connection directly to God, that's Nevi'im. And then in the, in the Golos, it gets disconnected. But before Mashiach comes, it comes back. So he proves over there that the Balshemtov, and he brings it not from not even from his own, he brings it from the Zayda, the Tzemach Tzedek, who speaks about the Balshemtov and the and the Magid, like they saw across the world. And it's all the Tamidi Balshemtov, it not just, you know, it was across all the Tamidi Balshemtov. The Chayza from Lublin is called the Chayza, because you can see across the world, like I can see you when you're sitting when you're you know four feet away from me. And these were tzaddikim that had a vision. So he says this vision is already the beginning of Chazaras HaNavuah. So the Rebbe says something about himself, that there is a Navi in the generation. You can look it up. He even says that we should get everybody to connect to the Navi of the generation. The people need to know that there's someone you can turn to for advice and questions regarding to all matters. In any case, so 1967, the Rebbe stood by a lot public. We're not talking about something he's saying to someone and then you can say, I didn't say and I didn't mean. Standing publicly and there's a video of it. Where he's talking at the Lag Bomer parade, you know, in Chabad by the Lubavitch, there's a Lag Bomer parade. The Rebbe's standing outside and saying loud and clear and amazing words that there's going to be a trim, in a few days, there's going to be an unbelievable, miraculous Nitzachan for the Jewish people. There's going to be a victory like the world, like, like, like the world has never seen. And uh, there were then, in that time, there were actually, the Rebbe then told all people that asked them, all the yeshiva bachrim, a lot of American boys learning there, no one should come home. They were terrified. Parents wanted to bring home. Many of the parents were Holocaust survivors. They were terrified. No, all kids have to stay. You know, what happens if... You're talking about matters of life and death. Yeah, If you do not have certain certainty from the Abish they're telling you, like a Navi, you can't take responsibility. It was a great... Great Rebbe then actually left, ran away from Eretz Yisrael. The Lubavitcher Rebbe then said about the Sadiq, he said, Him, I can't have any tainas on. He lost so many of his family in the Holocaust. He says that, you know, you know he doesn't want Chas Shalom around too. I mean, when he rebuilt a little bit of a Mishpacha after the Holocaust, after his whole family being decimated, he can't have tainas on. 
But the Rebbe then spoke, no one, and then we saw an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. It didn't make any sense. Alpita, you know, militarily didn't make any sense, yet he came out correct. Then by the Persian Gulf War, again there was a, fray, there was a fear of, of gas, of, of, of missiles, of, um, of, uh, of uh, what were they, uh, the, what were they called, his, his, his missiles? No, what were they called, his missiles? No, his miss- missiles that he was sending. No, what were they called? Scuds. On the Scud missiles that, that, that uh, Saddam Hussein was, was um, promising that he would, lo- that he would uh, send over to Israel, which he did. But we didn't know if it was going to have chas v'shalom any gas. And again, the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke very strongly for, for like a couple of weeks, two months, I think, before that, telling everybody not to be afraid. Eretz Yisrael is the safest place. It's all going to be good, and so on and so forth. You don't need any masks. No one should take masks. And uh, again, how can you tell people not to take masks? You don't know, unless you know. And again, the Rebbe was 100% right. So these are just two stories, but there is tons and tons and tons. Another one, even not necessarily talking about an event, but the Rebbe warned in 19, um, in, after 1967 when they were going to do any kind of land for peace exchanges. The Rebbe cried his neshama out, Shabbos after Shabbos, speaking loudly or any fabrengen, that chas v'shalom, they shouldn't do it. Because if we do something like that, we're actually creating, we're setting the stage, which will never ever end. Because we're giving an appetite to the Arabs, the more you will give them, the more you will want. So land for peace does not work. And it has been proven, and it led to the initial signature of Camp David, which was a return of so much land, created the whole Palestinian situation with the whole, all the terrorist attacks. And then it led to Oslo, which turned out to be one of the greatest devastations. And then it led later to Hamas, to the return of, of, of giving back Gaza, which we know is today uh, literally the, the greatest menace against Eretz Yisrael is when we had Gush Katif, we had that whole area, and not what it turned into, it turned into a a chas v'shalom, a... a, a uh, a, 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 uh, a territory where, where all kinds of, of, of terrorist uh, activities are, are being perpetrated against Eretz Yisrael. So we see that the tzaddik sees, he knows, he has inside information that me and you don't know, and therefore I have no shadow of a doubt, and I'm willing to... Uh, I don't have any money to bet, but I would bet... I would bet every, everything I have uh, on this that what the Rebbe says is going to happen exactly like he says without a shadow of a doubt. So regarding uh, the future redemption which was particularly his subject here is some really, really, really exciting things. And it's connected to this week's parsha because in this week's parsha it says You should make for me a base on Migdash and I will dwell amongst them. So we have a mitzvah to build for God a sanctuary. Where do we make that sanctuary? Well, uh, we started making the sanctuary in the, in the Midbar, which was a mobile home. Then we traveled to Eretz Yisrael and we built a few semi-temporary structure, structures, meaning semi, uh, they weren't uh, semi-permanent structures. They were, it was a mishkan, a little bit more like a house, mishkan shiloh, noiv, and givon. Finally we came what's called the Beis HaBchira, and we built a Beis HaMikdash, and that's the permanent structure. 
where the Abishter dwells. And we had the first temple was destroyed, second temple, but we're waiting for the third base of Mingdash, which is going to be the ultimate and final and complete resting of the Shekhinah where the Abishter is going to be forever. Fine. What's with the time of exile? What's during the time of Golos? Simply, we can't do this mitzvah. We can't start now, even now, start going up there and building a, a, a Beis Amigdash. We need Mashiach to be here. We need, it has to be done al Pinavi. We need to have the, you know, we need to have the authority to do so. We can't do that now. But let's take a look at what the Gemara says in Masechtis Megillah. There's a fascinating passage in the Gemara Masechtis Megillah, Dav Choftes, Omid Aleph. The Gemara says like this, Oh, let's start before we start the Gemara. There's a pasuk in Yecheskel, Cheskel Perek Yud Aleph. Lechein Amoyer pasuk Tezayin Lechein Amoyer. So, so therefore say Koyam Hashem Alekim. So says Hashem Alekim. Ki Erchaktim Bagoyim. Even if I've distant the Jewish people amongst the nations, Vichiafi Tzoisim Barotzoisim, and I've scattered them in the lands. I will be for them for a small base amigdash. In the lands that they have come over there. The Abishter promises that I will be for the Jewish people a small migdash. Says the Metsudais. What does that mean? Metsudais David. Oh, here we are. I'm sorry. Since they say that Hashem will not has has forsaken them, that Hashem says I'm not watching over them. Say to them, Hashem. So says Hashem, Im ki even though I have distant them, from my and from their land, that they should go to exile. and even though I have scattered them in the, in, in the lands of the nations. From my oversight, they have not been distant. Because in the lands that they have come in over there, I will be for them for a small base of Migdash. What does that mean? The Mitsudai says, I will make my Shechina, my divine presence, dwell. In their Beisach Nesses. Even though they've been distant from my Beisach Migdash. Because the Merdak wants to, the Metsudesh wants to explain what does it mean, Migdash Ma'at. Small Beisach Migdash. So he says, even though they've been distant from the big Migdash, Beisach Migdash HaGadol, HaShabiru Shalayim, Yilem B'makoyim HaMigdash Ma'at. So you're going to have in its place a small Beisach Migdash. There's Migdash Gadol, Migdash Ma'at. That means wherever the Jewish people are, we have a small base of Migdash, Rashi says, and Targum Yoinesen. What does it mean? The Hava is Ben Yusuf, Atubir, Barbinom, hold on. No. Here it is. The Yahavah line, I will give them Batek Nishta, I will give them a base Aknesses, a Shul. Tinyon, La base Migdash. Secondary to the base of Migdash. Rashi brings that over here. Labate Kenishta, the Inon Yasvin, that the base of Migdash, where, where, where the Jews are, 
Tanyon Lebeis Migdusha, it is a secondary place to the Beis Migdash. So the small Beis Aknesses, the individual shuls that the Jewish people have in exile, is a secondary place to the Beis Migdash, And that's the Minig Migdash Ma'at. So do we have a Beis Migdash today? Yes. We have a Beis Migdash today in every Jewish, every shul, where people study Torah, every yeshiva, every shul where people come to daven, every place that's dead is designated for, for worship, for serving Hashem, is a small base Hamikdash. What does that mean? It has Kedushas Hamikdash. Not the same level of Kedushas Hamikdash like the base Hamikdash. It has a little Kedushas Hamikdash. Why? Because the Shechina is there. The Eyalahem, I will dwell my Shechina over there, as the Metzudah says. So here's the Gemara. This is a Gemara, Mesechtes Megillah, Dav Chav Tes. The Gemara says, "Ve'elam la'migdash ma'at Amar Reb Yitzchak." Reb Yitzchak says, "Elu bate knisiyos u'bate midrash she'be bavel." These are all the shuls in Bavel. He doesn't mean only Bavel; he means wherever the Jews are. But in, in those days, they they were living in Bavel, in Babylonia. So he says, "All the shuls, all the Beis Haknesses, the place where gather people gather to David, and bate midrash is the people, the study hall." So the Bate Knesiyos and Bate Medrash Hashem they are, we fulfill the mitzvah in a sense of Vasoli Migdash. Of, 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 um, we can't make the grand base on Migdash, but we can make a small base on Migdash. So every time you support your local synagogue, you're actually doing the mitzvah of Vasoli Migdash. Make for me a base on Migdash. Vereb Elazar Amar. That's Reb Yitzchak. Reb Elazar says, it's not talking about all the shuls. It's talking about one particular shul. The house of Rabbeinu, of our teacher in Bavel. Who is the teacher that we're talking about? The teacher of all the Jewish people. The one who is the, who is the, who is the teacher of, of, of the entire generation. Who is that? Rashi says. Beis Rabbeinu, Rav Rabbi Lazar was a Talmud of Rav. So Rav, who's actually, we're going to see later, his name is Rabbi Abba. But he was called Rav. The Gemara says, in Masech, uh, the Rajbam says, in the Rajbam says, in Masech, the Psachim, over here, Daf Kuf Yotes Amit Beis, La Abba, La Rav. Hold on over here. Abba kach Rav. This is the name of Rav. Rav In Bavel they call him Rav. Rav means teacher. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi in Eretz Yisrael, who was Rav's teacher, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, the author of the Mishnah, he's referred to in general as either Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Hakadosh, or he's referred to as Rebbe, all over. When the Jews, when, when after Rabbeinu HaKadosh passed away, that was in Eretz Yisrael. The next generation is already in Bavel, so they went down a notch. And therefore he couldn't be called anymore Rebbe, but he called Rav, without the Yud. In Hasidus it explains the difference between the two. But I'll, so therefore, when it says over here, base Rabbeinu, who is the Rabbeinu that we're talking about, Rebbe Lazar is referring to? If you look in Rambam, when the Rambam says the Seder of... Masayra Satora, the Torah was given over in the beginning of Ramam, an introduction. 
he tells you who the students of Rav were. And amongst the students of Rav, you have Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yitzchak, all these students of Rav. So Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar says, What's the Migdash Ma'at? When it says, I will be for them for a small sanctuary in their lands of exile. It's talking about particularly base Rabbeinu Shebabavah. Amazing. So it seems there is an argument. It seems to be an argument. Now we don't have to say it's an argument. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, we don't have to say it's an argument. They both agree to each other. So Rabbi Lazar agrees to Rabbi Yitzchak that every shul in the diaspora, across the world, in all the continents, every shul is a Beis HaMikdash, is Mikdash Ma'at. Everybody agrees to that. What is Rabbi Lazar saying then? Beis Rabbeinu Shebebaba. What Rabbi Lazar means, that within the Beis HaMikdashis, there is levels there is the ordinary Beis HaMikdash, which is every shul and every yeshiva. And then there is one spectacular one, which is the Iker Mikdash Ma'at of the Jewish people, and that is where Beis Rabbeinu. The house of Rabbeinu. Rav. Now this idea, why Dafka? What makes that house so special? That it becomes the Dafka, in other words, there's various different levels. There is the Migdash Ma'at of every shul. And there is a unique Migdash Ma'at, one special one. And that's the house of Rav in Bava. What's the reason for that? So there's two explanations. Number one, the Gemara says in Mesechtis Brachas, what makes Beis Rabbeinu Shebebavel special? So the Gemara says in Mesechtis Brachas as follows. Davches, Ahmed Aleph. My dechsiv, what is it that it says in the Pasik? Oyev Hashem Share Tzion. The Abishter loves the gates of Tzion. Mikol Mishkenos Yaakov from all the dwellings of Yaakov. The Pasik, Tehillim, in Psalms. God likes the gates of Tzion from all the Mishkenos Yaakov. That means there's one particular place that Hashem loves from the other dwellings of Jacob. What is that? So Rav Chista says, Oyev Hashem she'orem amotsuyonim bahalacha. Hashem likes those places which are dedicated to the study of Torah to bring about the final halacha. The place where people develop halacha. Halacha, as you know, gets developed by learning by comparing different Mishnas and different things and doing a comparative analysis and questions and answers and so on and so forth, like kind of Talmudic, Talmudic study. But Talmudic study, sometimes there is a Talmudic study which is just for pilpul, just because you want to share, you know, you want to, you like, you like the, the, uh, the excitement of the learning itself. There's no destiny, it's just the journey itself is important. And there's one kind of study. There's another type of a study where in that place it's geared towards coming to the conclusion of what is the halacha. So when it says Sharei Tzion, the Gemara is darshaning Sharei Tzion, referring to the gates. What? So the Marsha explains what's the connection Sharei Tzion to Shiarim Etzion and Bahalacha. What is what is the connection? So the Marsha says because Shar is where a Shar is referring to a Beisdin. In every in every city, you had the town elders, and where did they sit? 
They sat by the entrance of the city. They had a certain shar. And they were the ones that decided all the matters regards to practical behavior, law, and so on and so forth. In the city, you would go to the elders of the town, and where did they sit? They sat by the gate. So in this case too, those who decide that's the marshal says. Those who give directions to the people of the city. So what is Rabbeinu Rav? Rav was the highest halachic authority of his time. He was the great Torah scholar of his time. And that is the reason why the Eberster dwells over there. What's the connection of the Eberster dwelling Dafka in a place that's Mitsuyanim Bahalacha? So the Marsha associates over here, like you see in the Beis Amigdash. We have to look in the Beis Amigdash. Where did the Eberster dwell? In the Beis Amigdash in Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. What was there in the Beis Amigdash? Beis Amigdash was not only a place for sacrifices, it wasn't only a place for deep, elevated prayer and davening. Beis Amigdash was also a place, Kimi Tzioin Teitzei Torah, and Marv Tzioin came Torah, the great Sanhedrin, the author, the deciders of Halacha. They were the ones who had their high court sitting in a room connected to the Beis Amigdash, which half the room was holy, half the room wasn't, but it was part of the Beis Amigdash. Mimi Tzioin Teitzei Torah, where the Shechina is, we pray, conveying to the Shekhinah our desires and our wants. That's what prayer is. But it's a relationship. The Shekhinah herself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Eberster, wants from us something also. He wants to share with us what's in his heart, what he desires and what he wants. And that's Halacha, that's Torah. What's Torah? We get to know what God wants. Where does Hashem communicate that? In His home. He has His people, who to them Hashem enlightens their mind. Now even though when you're learning Torah, you have to use your own human thinking, your own brain, but you have to have siyata deshmaya. If you don't have special divine assistance, you can't come to halacha. So the Sanhedrin had special siyata deshmaya, special divine assistance, because they were sitting in the base Amigdash, where over there the Eibishter, the Shechina dwells. And he gave them that extra ability to be able to come to the truth when they're paskating halacha. So just like it is in regards to the big Beis Amigdash, that where is the Abish to dwelling, where there is the Sanhedrin? So the same way, the same thing applies also for, for, for the time of the, of the exile. Where will the Shechina go? Where Halacha is being, is being studied. So the Shechina goes to all shuls, like we said earlier. But amongst all shuls, he dwells particularly where they learn Halacha. And particularly to the great rabbi, the great scholar, who is the one who is in charge of leading the Jewish people and giving them the guidance of ultimate halacha. And that's who? That's Rabbeinu Shebebavah. And that's why the Eberster dwelled. That's why Rabbi Lazar says, where is the primary residence of the Eberster? In, 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 what's the main base of Migdash? What's the main base of Migdash? Migdash Ma'at is base Rabbeinu Shebebavah. And actually, the Gemara says, again, quoting, continuing the Gemara Mesechtas Brachis, from the day the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, the Abishta doesn't have in his world any other place, only four cubits of halacha. Where does God dwell? Like a bird that doesn't have a. He needs a nest. Where's the nest of Hakadish Baruchu? The nest. Of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, of the Eibushter, is where there's Arba Amashal Halacha. 
by the way, comes Abaya, and Abaya says, when I heard that I used to, Davin, I used to uh, study Torah in my house and go to shul only for davening. But when I heard this, that the, the main Shekhinah dwells where, where people study Allah, I switched and I started to go to shul to learn as well. So that the shul, the place where I daven, should also be the place where I study halacha. So therefore we'll have an extra presence of divine, of shechina over there. So obviously our pray, the prayer is also far more acceptable and more powerful if it's done in the place where the shechina is. Fine. This is the, this is the Gemara says in Sechtas Brachs. Okay, so now we have one explanation on the idea of why Beis Rabbeinu Shebebadal stands out. Uh, because it's a place that studies halacha. But there's another Indian as well. There's another Indian as well of why Beis Rabbeinu Shebebavel is the main Migdash, the Mem Beis Migdash. But we're going to get to that in a moment. So hold that for a moment. We're going to get to that in a moment. But first, this whole concept and idea that there is different levels of Migdash, Migdash Ma'at. We have, of course, the Beis Migdash, the future Beis Migdash, or Beis Migdashes that we had in Yerushalayim. But amongst the concept that there is Migdash Ma'at, they're not all the same. There is the ordinary Beis Migdash in Bavel, and there is a unique Beis Migdash in Bavel. So this idea will further be understood by analyzing something else the Gemara says in Masechtas Megillah. Here, we'll hear this amazing thing. Why is the Beis HaMikdash a Beis HaMikdash? Why is the Beis HaMikdash special? Because the Shekhinah dwells there. So here the Gemara is talking about the Keli, the vessel. What's the vessel? The Mikdash. That's what the Gemara talks about in Masechtas Megillah. But a little bit higher up, the Gemara talks about the oil, or the energy as well. Because the Gemara says as follows. Tanya Reb Shimon ben Yoichi Oimah. Reb Shimon ben Yoichi says again, this is the Gemara in Masechtas Megillah, Dav Chavtes. I encourage everybody to learn it yourself. So you don't think I'm making this stuff up. Omer Rebbe, he says over there, See how precious Yidin are to the Abishter. Wherever the Jewish people went to exile, the Shechina is with them. We went to Egypt, the Shechina was with them. In Shmuel Aleph, hasn't, haven't I been revealed to your father's house? When we are still in Egypt. Referring to the Shekhinah revealing himself during the time when the Yidin were in Mitzrayim. Brings a Pasuk. For your sake, I was sent to Bavel. And when they're going to be redeemed, the Shekhinah is also with them. Okay, let's, that's important for later. But al Kapanam it says the Shekhinah is with the Jewish people. Okay, that's nice. What's the coolest thing about our sages? They ask the best questions. And what's the next question the Gemara says? Okay, the Shekhinah, because they, you see the Chachamim, when they heard that the Shekhinah is with the Jewish people, they took it, they took it for real, not some, some, whatever. It's real. If that's the case, give me the address. Where is the Shechina? Oh, so first of all, in order to understand the next piece of Gemara, let's understand the Marsha explains. When we say the Shechina is somewhere, 
we mean more than just God being somewhere. God is everywhere. So the Marsha says, an interesting Marsha, he says, Shechina means, the Shechina Ima means Giloi Shechina. There is a place where the Shechina is behizgalos. It reveals itself, as you can sense the Shechina in that place. Obviously, depending on the person, different levels of sensing. The holier a person is, the more refined, they can feel more. But the Shechina reveals itself in a certain place. His galos of Shechina is in a certain makay miyuchad, a special place where the Shechina is. So comes Abaya. And Abaya says, um, the Gemara, I'm sorry, the Gemara asks on its own. In Bavel, where is the Shechina? Abaya. Abaya says, Go around the corner. There's a shul over there. Take a left and make a turn. Maybe you'll find parking. Pull in over there. There's a shul called Beikanishta, a shul of Hutzal. Go in over there. That's where the Shechina is. I love the way that you can point to a physical address and say, there's a lot of shuls in the neighborhood. There's one called the Beisaknesses of Hutzal. That's where the Shechina is. What is Hutzal? Hutzal is as follows. It's a shul next to Nahardo. It's a town. Hutzal is a town, a small little village next to the city of Nahardo, which was one of the big cities, which is where, right next to where Ezra had his shul. Ezra HaSoifer. So that's what it says in the Aruch. The Aruch says here, hold on. Kenushta de Hutzal Kroivala Beisamedrish al Ezra HaSoifer. It's lower down than Nahardo. Okay. That's one place where the, where the Shechina is. Then Abaya says, um, It's also in another shul. In a shul of Shaf V'yosef. Interesting name of a shul. Shaf V'yosef. That's the shul. So what is Shaf? What's that shul? So Rashi says, um, what's this Shafi Yosef? Ubana Yechonya. It's an ancient shul in Bavel that Yechonya built. Yechonya was the first ones driven out. We say, we mentioned in the Megillah Sesta, tonight is Mishanech, the Sardar, Marvin, Mesimcha, beginning to think already about Purim. So, Ashahegla, uh, it talks about how, how, how Mordechai was driven out of Yerushalayim together with Yechonya. Okay? see. So when, when Yerachanya left Yerushalayim, he built a shul in Bavel. Viseyatoy and his friends, but they built it with something very special. They had such a love for Eretz Yisrael. So when they were driven out of Eretz Yisrael, they took along with them stones from Jerusalem. From stones and sand that they brought with them into the exile, to fulfill what it says, Your servants desire, they rotsu, they want its stones. Yidin had such a love for Eretz Yisrael, they when they had to leave, they brought along stones along with it, so they can build a shul with stones from Eretz Yisrael. So that's what Rashi says. Rashi over here says, these are stones from Eretz Yisrael. Rashi in Masechtis Rosh Hashanah, let's get a little... Here, it's, this is a Megillah. Rashi in Masechtis Rosh Hashanah says, The Shavi Yosef, Mokayim, who it's a place. 
Why is it called Shafi Yasef? So Rashi says, again, this is a Masechus Rosh Hashanah, Dav Chav Dalar Amad Beis. Shafi Yasef means it was destroyed and it was rebuilt again. So it's an ancient shul. It was built in the beginning of Kaldus Bavel. When Abaya was talking about it, it's already 500 years later. More than 500 years. Abaya is like it's about 600 years later. Because Abai is after destruction of the second basement. This is the beginning of Gullah's Babel. The basement stood for 420 years plus 70 years. So you got already over 500 years. And Abai is even later, probably 100 years later or more. So you're talking about six, 650. So that shul was once there. It was destroyed and was rebuilt again. Shachara v'chazar v'nivna. V'tamid That's a new thing we just learned from here. That the Shekhinah was always present in that shul. The Yechanya v'galusoi banuhu. And Yechanya built it. Shenasu imayim me'avne Yerushalayim. Ah, see, it gets better. That's why you're always supposed to look up sources. If you learn without sources, there's no good. So what does it say? Why does Rashi add in Mesechtas Rosh Hashanah? It's not Stam that had stones from Eretz Yisrael. It was stones from Yerushalayim. V'aleyam nemar. Okay, so that's that shul. Shafi Yosef Shul. The Gemara actually says in Masechtas Rosh Hashanah that Rav, who's Rabbeinu, it's not his Shul, Rav has another Shul. But Rav and Shmuel and who else and someone else, whenever they were there, they would go into Davin in their Shul. The Shafi Yosef Shul. But let me share with you what the Aruch says. The Aruch is, one of, is like, a, like a dictionary, but it was written by one of the Rishonim. So what does he say on this, on this thing? Yisaduhu ma'avonim va'ofer. Ah, now we have it. We take it to the next stage. First we said it was stones from Eretz Yisrael. Then we, we upgraded it to stones of Yerushalayim. And now we upgraded even more. It's actually stones from the Beis HaMikdash. Yisaduhu ma'avonim va'ofer da'isayu b'nerush. Mi Beis HaMikdash. These were mama stones of the Beis HaMikdash. Ah, and the Aruch gives us a different explanation. Why is it called Shaf Vyasif? Shaf means it actually flew, it traveled. The Vyasif and it settled. Basically, what that means is when the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, the spiritual Beis Amigdash, connecting to these physical stones, made its way, traveled from, from Yerushalayim. And it came to this shul in the Hardai, Shaf, it floated the Yasiv and it settled into the shul. So you have two shuls that are pointed out to mean the main places where the Shekhinah is during the time of exile. Beisakness is the Hutzal next to Ezra HaSefer shul, and Beisakness is Vishavah. Why two? So the Gemara says, so the Gemara continues, here going back to the Gemara in Masechtis Megillah. Don't say here and here. Not here and here. It can't be. The Shekhinah is not in two places. Sometimes here and sometimes here. Why? Because there needs to be one main place. Just like the Beis Amigdash. There weren't two Beis Amigdashes. There's only allowed to be one Beis Amigdash. So in the Zman is too. Even though there is this Pashtus of the Shekhinah. The spreading out of the light of the Shekhinah is what? In every shul. And there's a little presence of Shekhinah in every little shtibel 
across the world. But there is one main residence of where the Shekhinah is. And where is that? So that's why the Gemara says, at times it was the Shul of Hutzal, at times it was the Shul of Shafi Yasef. That's the main residence of the Shekhinah. Now, so what do we see from here? It's clear from the Gemara that even though Shekhinah is Imahim in general with the Jewish people, there's one particular designated place that the Shekhinah dwells. So we understand as follows, that corresponding to the dwelling of the Shekhinah, the place where the Shekhinah dwells, that place is called Migdash. That's the base of Migdash. So the, that leads us to say that in the Migdash Ma'at, there is levels of Migdash Ma'at. There is Migdash Ma'at Ma'at. <coughs> it's just very, very little Migdash, but it is Migdash. And then there is Migdash Ma'at. It's the primary Migdash Ma'at. It's this primary small base of Migdash. And it goes so far to say that the base of Migdash from Eretz Yisrael has departed its place and it moves over into that place, and that is the base of Migdash during the time of Galas. Powerful stuff. Now, I told you I would come back for a second reason of why base Rabbeinu Sheba Bovel, the house of Rav of Bovel, is considered the main base of Migdash. From here we see already there's various different levels of base of Migdash. And earlier there, I told you the reason is because that's where Hayra goes out, that's where Torah is taught. But there's another thing over here. Why does the Shekhinah come in exile? The Shekhinah didn't sin. We sin, so we have to go to exile. Why does the Shekhinah go to exile? So when you take a look in the Gemara, the Gemara says clearly why the Shekhinah goes in exile. Tanya Reb Shimon says, in Yisrael. The Jewish people are so chaviv. The Abishta, the Jewish people, the Abishta loves the Jewish people. Is inseparable. The Shekhinah cannot separate from us. She is our mother. And where our mother travels, where the child goes, the mother goes along. The Shekhinah comes along to go. Therefore, it would only make sense that the headquarters of the Jewish people, that's where the Shekhinah goes. Meaning to say like this, why was the Beis HaMikdash the place where the Shekhinah dwelled? You can look at it, but the question is, what comes first? The chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken? It goes back to that question. Why is the Beis HaMikdash the place where the Shekhinah is? Because the Jewish people come there. It's one central location where everybody comes. Svardim, Ashkenazim... Persian Jews, Yemenite Jews, German Jews, Polish Jews, Hungarian Jews, Chassidish Yidin, Litvish Jews, right? Every type of Jews, this kind of Jews, and that, all Jews. Like this, everybody has their own minion. Everybody davens in their own shul where they're comfortable. You should daven in your shul where you're comfortable because you have your menhagim, you have your conduct, you should daven in a place that davens your nusach, where you feel comfortable. There's no mitzvah to be irritated in a shul. I was in Eretz Yisrael and I went to Davin Shul. I couldn't find the Siddur. I, I Davin Nusachari. I was so irritated. It's, I'm trying to Davin that Siddur. No, no. I knew there is. I just couldn't. Until I was able to find it. it was a Gansa Anyways, you feel comfortable Davin in a Shul that has your Siddur. Your Nusach. But the Beis Migdash is central location. It's Grand Central Station. All Jews, it's going to be really interesting to see how all that's going to go down. When you have every Yid and every type of Jew, different and how it's going to accommodate everybody. I have no clue. But Saif Kol Saif, 
That's one of the miracles of the days of Mashiach. Beis Amigdash is central location. Since all Jews go to the Beis Amigdash, the entire Shekhinah reveals itself in the Beis Amigdash. Why is, but during the time of Gullus, we're scattered. We don't have any more central location. And Vizhnitz Chesidim Davin and Vizhnitz Shul. And Baba Vizhnitz Davin and the Baba Vizhnitz And the Persian Jews Davin and the Persian Shul. And the, as we said, the Yemenite Jews Davin and the Yemenite Shul. And the and the and the and the and the, and, and, and then those who daven in the yeshiva shemini and so on and so forth, everybody goes to their shul. So you only have some yidden. You have partial Jews going to the shul, partial Jews, partial shechina. And this idea that I'm telling you says in Mamore Alter Rebbe, Shneir Zalman and Layadi in a Mimer, two places you can find it on the Kute Torah and Parshas Vezayis Abracha. And also over here in Sefer Tafkuf Samachvav. The Abishter says, I'm going to be a small base of Migdosh, in the lands that they come. These are Bata Kinesios and Bata Midrashos. They're also called Migdosh Ma'at. Why? Because wherever there's 10 Jews, the Shechina comes. Akol, the Gemara says in Mesechta Sanhedrin, I think. Akol, Bey Asara, Shechin Tasharia. Wherever there's 10 Jews, the Shechina dwells. Now, how much Shechina dwells? Uh, it's not the entire Shechina, partial. It's enough to knock the socks off of an angel. The Holy Mizritcha Magad, the Tanya, in, 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 in Sefer Atanya, in the back of the letters, he brings Shamati Memoyuri. I heard from my teacher, the Holy Mizritcha Magad, that if a Malach would walk into a room or would fly in, a Malachim don't really walk, they fly, they soar. If a Malach would come, Soaring into a room where our ten Jews gathered, even if they're not learning Torah. They're just sitting together, hopefully not doing anything bad, but they're not learning Torah. They're saying Lachayim over some cake and mashke, having a little fabringen. As soon as they get together, even if they're not talking Divri Torah, the Malach would become electrocuted. Exactly like that, he says. doesn't say he was electrocuted, but the Malach would be burnt by the godly presence that's there. And the only reason he says, we're not burnt, even though we are less capacity than Malachim. Malachim have a capacity for a much higher voltage than we. And the reason we don't get burnt is because we don't feel. Because of the coarseness of our bodies, we're not tapping into the energy flow that's there. That's what he says. Because there's 10 Jews there. Oh, but he says, Achirak, why is it only called a Migdash Ma'at? Because when the Beis HaMikdash was standing, the general Shechina was revealed. The Shechina is the source of all Jewish souls. So if we have one central location where all Jewish souls come together, uh, the Pasuk says, what's the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, in the base, regarding the Beis HaMikdash, the Pasuk says, um, the place that the Abish has chosen where all the Jewish people come, since all Jews come there, the entire Shechina goes there. But since he says that what? <coughs> During the time of Golos, Yidin are scattered across the world, and we have small little, small little groups of Jews getting together. Uh, okay, uh, you know. The Shechina has divided Whatever you can, that means by the Shechina She divides herself 
in every country, and in every city, there is a snippet, a snippet of Shechina in every shul. Because since the Shechina is Shoirem, it's the Sanhedrin, so therefore the Shechina is there. Once we have that idea, that we're a Shechina present, where Jews are present, it makes sense that what? As we said earlier, the more Jews, the more Shechina. So we have to look for the shul that has the most Jews coming there. I'm sure it's true. A place where there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Jews coming, thousands, the bells of shul in Eretz Yisrael, it's got thousands of beautiful, magnificent shul, thousands of Yidin that come there. Big, intense presence of Shechina without a shadow of a doubt. But is there a place where all Jews come in the time of Gullahs? Obviously the answer is no. There is no one place where all Jews, everybody know the story that whenever, you know, in a shtetl where there is, where there is a, the guy, the, the Yid was alone on the island, and he had two shuls over there, and they asked him, and he built up, or Hashem, the guy was able to build himself up in, the, in that, in that shtetl, and, and they asked him about the two shuls that were there. He says, what do you need two shuls for? Merely, you know, you're on an island, you're alone. He says, that's the shul I daven, and that's the shul that I will never step foot into. Every Jew needs a shul that he doesn't put it, he doesn't go into that shul. In any case, is there a place where Allah Yidin come together? Well, physically there isn't, but spiritually there is. Why spiritually? Because there is a concept which we discussed many times, and that is the idea of neshama koileles. There is a neshama that is koilel all neshamas of the Jewish people. That's the neshama. We spoke a few weeks ago about Moshe Rabbeinu, the power of Das. He's one of the royim that gives all the Jewish people in. And we spoke that there's Pashtusa the Moshe, Bechol Dara Vidara. There is an Espashtus of Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation. So there is that Nishama that is Koilel Ol Nishmas Yisrael. Who is that? The Nasi of the generation. The Nasi Hador. The Nasi of the generation, the leader of the generation. His spirit, he's not just someone who's elected and people like him and they follow him. Spiritually, all Nishamas are tied up to his soul. And we spoke many times that all the flow, godly flow, comes through his neshama to every single Jew. I'll share with you an amazing, crazy story. During the time of one of the wars, it wasn't during the one of the wars, I'm not, I'm not sure it was during the wars, a certain general, a certain um, person came to Yechidus, to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, came to Yechidus, this is such a, it gives me goosebumps when I think about the story. And this person was in charge of all the soldiers that were Nebuch killed. He, I don't know what exactly he was raising. For, I don't know what exactly his position was within Sahal, that this was his job, but he was in charge over over keeping records on all those that Nebuch were killed in battle or in some kind of operations. So when he came into Yechidus, he the Rebbe asked him for the amount of soldiers that passed away that year. And he gave the amount. And the Rebbe corrected him. The Lubavitcher Rebbe corrected him. And I think he told him another two, what's with the other two? And he said... No, he didn't, he didn't. Uh, and then, um, a little while later, 
he, he knew the Rebbe said to him, there's another two, so he inquired. Turns out that two people were killed in a, what do you call it, a, uh, a, um, a, a quiet operation, a, a covert, is it covert? No, no, I'm saying no, it was a covert operation. There's operations that are done openly, and then Israel, the Israelis do lots of things that you don't want anybody to know that they're the ones doing it. And in the course of this, two other soldiers, two people, two of their people were killed, and it wasn't part of the records that were on this guy's list. So next time he was by the Rebbe, he asked the Rebbe about it. How did you know? It wasn't even on my list. No one knew. How did you know? And the Rebbe said, from them tzimmer, and translate from English. All neshamas go through this room. All neshamas gain durch dem tzimmer. All neshamas go through this room. How can I not know? Talking about a, a nasi hadoyer, kol hadoyer, includes the neshamas of all the generation. So he intrinsically knows. So where is there a place? That has all neshamas included. Well, it's, by the way, it's a favorite of Rashi. Rashi says in Masechtas, I'm sorry, Masechtas, Rashi says in, in Parshas Chukas that Moshe who hakol, vahakol who Moshe, everybody's Moshe, shahanasi, shahanasi who hakol, that the nasi is everybody. So if we say that the Shechina dwells amongst the Jewish people all the time, and when, we, and when all the Jewish people are in Eretz Yisrael, and we have a Beis HaMikdash, the Shekhinah dwells in the Beis HaMikdash because all the Jews are in the Beis HaMikdash. Or at least they come visit. Every year is connected to the Beis HaMikdash. So the Shekhinah is there. During the time of Golos, I will be to them a small Beis HaMikdash. That all the shuls But what does it say? What does Rebbe say? The Beis Rabbeinu there is one particular shul, the shul of Rav, the yeshiva of Rav, that stands out. Why does it stand out? So in addition to what I said before, because the Abishta dwells in Dalar Amashal Halacha, that's where the Abishta dwells, there is another reason. Because that's the one place where all Jews are present, not physically, but through the neshama of the nasi, of the, gen, of the leader of the generation, all, the Jew, all, all, all of the generation, all the Jewish people. And this was something that was known and it was something that was appreciated by, in the Hasidic world, going back all the time. That where, that's, where the Rebbe is, that's the Beis HaMikdash. There's a famous story, Rebbe Wolf Kitsis, one of the students, I think it was with Rebbe Wolf Kitsis. He was one of the disciples of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. He had a tremendous yearning to go up to Eretz Yisrael. But the Baal Shem Tov didn't give him permission to go. And he was, and he, I think he decided he's going without permission. I'm not exactly, but I could him. He had a desire. And then, I don't know the whole story, and I was actually looking for it before the shear, but I didn't get it. I wasn't Zaycha to find it. Maybe I'll find it, and I'll give you all the particular de- details. But the general gist of the story is that as he was preparing to go, he went to sleep, and he had a dream. And in the dream was a very vivid dream. He experienced himself going, traveling, and going through all the difficult tribulations, and, uh, and he finally, meaning completely, you know, wiped out. He arrives to Eretz Yisrael. He makes his way up to Yerushalayim. He's asking directions, you know, for the, again, way to the base Amigdash. He comes to the base Amigdash. Somehow he gets into the Azara, the Kohanim, the this. He goes in. 
I don't know how he managed to do that because you're not supposed to go past, but in a dream everything is possible. He goes into the Heichal and he's not stopping for anything. Once he's here, he's going all the way. And he goes right to the Kodesh HaKadosh. And as he enters the Kodesh HaKadosh and he walks in, he sees it's empty. He's expecting to see the aura and the crew in there. And when he asks, what's happening? He said, the aura is a measure bush. So then he knew that he doesn't have to go to Eretz Yisrael. When the Baal Shem Tev is alive, where is the Aaron? Where is Hashra'as Hashchina? In, in the Tzaddik's Neshama, the one that carries all the Jewish people in his Neshama. And that's the meaning of Beis Rabbeinu Shevabala. This is all an explanation, as we said earlier, that every shul is holy. Has, and not just holy, it has Kedusha Samigdash. But amongst that, there is a central location. Fine. This is step one of what we're going to talk about today. Now step two. When the Geula comes, when Moshiach comes, and it's time for the redemption to happen. And I began today's class, and I said to you, where is the action going to be? Where is ground zero? So I mentioned to you earlier that everybody thinks it's in Eretz Yisrael. Not so fast. The Gemara says as follows, again, the same page in Gemara I was mentioning to you, Masechtas Megillah. After the Gemara says that wherever the Jewish people, people are, the Shechina is with them. So the Gemara says, Even when they're going to in the future be redeemed, Shechina imoem, the Shechina is with them. That means, not the way we might think. That Jews are in Golis. And a little while before the Jews are in, uh, leave Golis, and the Shekhinah is with us. But then, you know, as things are wrapping up, the Shekhinah goes to Eretz Yisrael. And the Shekhinah will reveal herself, which means godly world revelation is going to erupt in Eretz Yisrael. And then all the Jews are going to come run to Eretz Yisrael because the Shekhinah is in Eretz Yisrael. A mother with her children doesn't leave. God forbid there's a fire burning in a house and you have to escape. A mother is the last one out. She doesn't leave when there's one child left in the house. She's not going to go out until all of her children are out. The captain, the ship's captain, is the last one to leave the boat after everybody gets off. And the same is with exile. The Shekhinah takes full responsibility for exile. And as we know the song, no Jew will be left behind. The Shekhinah will not allow even one Jew to be left behind. That means that the Shekhinah doesn't leave until she takes the very last Jew. That means that to when is the Shekhinah in the Golos, in the diaspora, with the Jewish people? Until the time of the Mamesh Giyula. And the Shekhinah then, from the Golas, returns to Eretz Yisrael. V'shav Hashem alekecha ez shavuscha im shavuscha. V'heishiv loinem arelo v'shav. And the words, as, the, as it's learned, the Mepharshim explained, it means im shavuscha. With the Jewish people, the Shekhinah comes out. If that's the case. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, as I mentioned to you earlier, I was repeating to you some, a very special talk that he gave. It says, the weir is... At the time of the Giyula, what's going to happen? The Shekhinah is going to reveal herself in the Golos itself 
And after the Gilui Shechina of the Golos, the Shechina together with the Jewish people are coming to Eretz Yisrael. But here is something that is just astounding. It's unbelievable. No one would have ever thought about this. When the Shechina reveals herself, she reveals herself together with her nest. The Shechina, for her to be somewhere, always there is a nest for her. Just like when she goes to Golo, she's not just floating in the air. As the Marsha says in the Pasuk, Visamti Kisi Be'elam. I will place my throne in Elam. The Shechina has a seat, a place. Visamti Kisi Be'elam. The Shechina has a particular seat. So the Marsha says it means that Gilush is in a certain place. What's the place for the Shekhinah during Golas? All the shuls. All the shuls are the place of the Shekhinah during Golas. What's the place of the Shekhinah during not Golas? When Shekhinah removes her veils and she allows her powerful light to suddenly burst open for the whole world to see her unbelievable glowing glory. Where does it happen? It happens in the Golas. If it happens in the Golas, she needs immediately a nest to manifest that greatness. Where is that? In the future Beis Amingdash. Now the future Beis Amingdash, where is it going to be built? In Yerushalayim. So first of all, we have to know that the third Beis Amingdash, according to Rashi, and according to Taisus, in Mesechtes Sukkah, let me read to you Rashi and Toysweis. In Mesechta Sukkah, Daf Mem Aleph. Over here, bring the Shail over here. The Beis Amigdash about, about when the Beit, the, the Gemara is having a whole Shail about, about the Oymer. And the Gemara says, okay, so it could be if the Beis Amigdash is then reveals it, if the Beis Amigdash is built next to Shkia. So the question is, but you're not allowed to build at night, so how can they build it so fast? So Rashi says, That's a binyan that's built by people. The future base amigdash, that we are waiting for it. The third base amigdash is going to descend from heaven. Taisva says the same thing over here. And the kids, it comes down built. Okay, we have to know Rambam Paskins in 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 Hilchus um, Melacham and Hilchus Moshiach. Rambam Paskins that Moshiach has to build a base. I mean, so it's a question: How do you reconcile both? But Al Kaponim, we're expecting the base Amigdash to come down. Where is it going to come now? So the Rebbe's Chiddush over here in this whole talk is that the Beis Amigdash has to come down immediately at the same moment that the Shechina reveals herself. She needs a, a nest. Where is the Shechina revealing itself? In the place of Golas. So in the very place of Golas, where the Shechina is? And where is the primary residence of the Shechina? In all the shuls, but there's one primary place. So at that place is where the third base Hamidosh is going to descend, and from there it's going to come back to Eretz Yisrael. 
No one thinks this way. It's a big, huge chiddush. And he proves it from something else also. The Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin, the Rambam says in Hilchah Sanhedrin, Perek Yudalit. Rambam says how the Sanhedrin was, used to be in Eretz Yisrael, and then they went to Golis. The last place the Sanhedrin, the large Sanhedrin, the big Sanhedrin sat, was in Tveria. And from there they were dispersed. So the Rambam says, Misham hem That means that the first place there is going to be a Sanhedrin getting together and reenacted Sanhedrin is in the city of Tveria. Why the city of Tveria? Because that's where they dismantled. And that's where they're going to come back again. Similar to that, the Shekhinah comes back from the Golas, and along with the Shekhinah comes back the Beis Amikdash. Now what exactly does that mean? Are we gonna, is that Beis Amikdash Ashlishi? That's coming Menashamayim. Is that a complete physical Beis Amikdash? Rashi and Taisvis doesn't seem like they're, they're talking about a physical structure, because they're saying we don't have to build it at night, because it's coming down from heaven. So it's a physical structure coming down from heaven. But it's going to be Nizgala, according to what we're just learning now. Again, as I said, you know, the different. Uh, it's not make make a difference what people, you know, what, what our what our thoughts are. The question is what Torah says. But it's what the Rebbe says that the base is going to reveal itself first. The makayim of the Shechina in Golas, and from there it's going to return to Eretz Yisrael. But here's another very important thing. Very important. The Gemara on the very same page, Sechtes Megillah Davchavtes. The Gemara says, "Hear this." Tanya Rabbi Lazar Akaper Oimer. Rabbi Lazar Akaper says, "Asidin botiknisio isu botimidroshe shebebavel sheyekavu beeretz Yisrael." That all the shuls of Bavel are going to be inst- are going to be established in Eretz Yisrael. You hear this? All the shuls and all yeshivas in the diaspora at the time of Mashiach are going to be uprooted from where they are across the world, and they're going to come to Eretz Yisrael. How do you know that? He brings a pasuk where it says about two mountains, Kikatovar Baharim Ukarmel Bayam. Tavar and Carmel. Just like they, you will come like them. Here's a Kalvachimer. Ma Tavar Vakarmel, just like Tavar and Carmel. They by Harsinai, they all came, all the mountains came. So they only came for a short period of time to learn Torah. They're going to be established in Eretz Yisrael. These are places where you read Torah and we spread Torah and these shuls, of course they're going to come to Eretz Yisrael. So we have a Feirish Gemara that all shuls are coming to Eretz Yisrael. Says the Holy Marsha. Hear this. The Marsha says that when we say that all, that means... Even though they're, we said the Migdash Ma'at, Pesach Migdash, during the time of Golas, but it's not permanent. 
because the Kedusha goes away from those places, because the Shekhinah returns to Eretz Yisrael. But when she returns to Eretz Yisrael, she doesn't only redeem the Jewish people, she redeems all the shuls, because all the shuls will also come back. What's going to happen with those shuls they return? Where will they settle? Some in Kfar Saba, some in Netanya, some in Ashkelon, some in... Yeah? No, that's not what's going to happen. The Marsha says an interesting thing. The Marsha says, the Medrish says, Asida Eretz Yis- the Beis Amigdash, the Beis Amigdash of the future is going to be, it's going to as large as the whole city of Yerushalayim. And the city of Yerushalayim is going to extend to the, the size of Eretz Yisrael. And, the, and Eretz Yisrael is going to be in Mispashat on the whole world. Chazal tells us. And the Marsha says, why is the Beis Amigdash going to be the size? Why is the Beis Amigdash going to be the size of all of Yerushalayim? So the Marsha, look it up. It's Marsha and Mesechtes Megillah, Davchav Tess. The Marsha says, because all the Batei Knesiyos of the Diaspora are all going to become connected to the future Beis Amigdash. The third Beis Amigdash is going to have attached to it Every shul throughout all the places of the world, all shuls are attaching themselves to the Beis HaMikdash. He says an amazing thing. Hear this. There's a pasuk that says, Her, Eden, Her. There's a pasuk that says, Samachti ba'oymrim li. I rejoiced when they said to me, Beis HaShem Nelech. I'm going to the house of God, says the Marshal. What is it referring to? Not to the Beis HaMikdash. It's referring to a Jew living in Poland. So Machti Li, he's sitting in this town of Lemberg. He's living in the town of Bialystok. So Machti Li, I'm excited. Li, when they say to me, Beis Hashem I'm going to my shtibel, I'm going to the shul. I'm all excited, wherever it is, across the world. A Jew goes to shul, why is he happy? Because the Pasuk continues, Yerushalayim HaBnuya, Ke'ir Shechubra Yachtov. Because the future Yerushalayim that's going to be rebuilt is going to be a city, which all the shuls across the world, all the Beis Hashems, every single shul is going to attach itself, it's going to attach itself to the Beis Hamikdash And therefore, therefore he says, we say also in the Pasuk, um, I will bring them to my holy mountain. I will cause them joy in my house of prayer. See, the, the Marshal says, first of all, Hashem says, I will bring you to my house of prayer. Because the Beis Hamikdash is not only a place that we pray, God also prays in the Beis Hamikdash. The Eberster Davins in the Beis Hashem Davins? Yeah. You find the story with Rabbi Shmuel Kain Gadol when he went inside to the Kodesh HaKadoshim and he saw Hashem and Hashem said, give me a bracha. And he said, what, should, what bracha should I bless you? He said, the, the Ebershter says, give me a bracha that my mercy should overpower my anger. And he gave him a bracha. The Ebershter also does. So base tefillasi. But then it says, ki beisi base tefillah yikare l'chola amen. Because my house is going to be a base tefillah, it's going to be called for all the nations. 
Simply means that even nations are going to come to Eretz Yisrael. But the Marshal says, you know what it means? Basically, based tefillah lekolaham, because my future based tefillah, which is my house, it's going to call lecholaham and all the nations because there's going to be attachments to the base amigdash that is going to be from Morocco. There's going to be attachments to the base amigdash from Tehran. There's going to be attachments to the base amigdash from Moscow, from Los Angeles, from London, from Australia, from France. From every town and village where there was a, and once was a shul of the shul, all these shuls and all these places are going to be attached to the third base Amidosh. So what the base Amidosh is going to be made out of, Yikare Lachola Amim, from all the nations. And then the marshal says something so unbelievable, spectacular. So he says, therefore, when you walk into a shul anywhere in the world, you're actually standing in the Makrim Hamigdash of the future. That's the coolest thing. When you go to any shul here on Beverly, on La Brea, and you walk into the shul, the place is Admas Kodesh, it's sacred land, because it's going to be attached to the third base of English, which is the third base of English. Is the, so you're standing. So when I said earlier, when I was walking in Yerushalayim last week, and I got very close to the Makkah Mamigdash, not on the Harabayas, but as close as I've ever gotten, and I was, wow, well, you're actually now, when I'm giving the class, I'm standing much closer, because I'm standing in the place that is Mamish, land of the base of English, the Liyasid. Comes the Lubavitch Rebbe, and he says, based on this, that itself that we say that all shuls are going to attach itself to the base of Mingdash, what which shuls are going to be directly attached to the third base of Mingdash? And then connected to them will be all the other shuls. It works through a priority system, the Rebbe says. Those shuls that were the primary Mingdash Ma'at, Rav's shul, base Rabbeinu Shebebavel, and so on, all the shuls, the Arizal shul, the Bolshantav shul, all of the shuls that served as the headquarters of where the Shechina is as the main base of Mingdash during Golas. So when all shuls will connect, these will be like the main connectors, and to them will connect all the other shuls, and so on. Similar to the fact that the Lishkas Agozes, where the Sanhedrin were, they were attached mamish to the base of Mingdash. So will be with all shuls. So we have over here fascinating idea. First of all, the gilui of the Beis Hamikdash, the Lo Asid, and the gilui of the Shechina, and the spe- spectacular revelation. Not so fast, like people say, it's happening all in Yerushalayim. Everybody, no, it's going to take place in 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 in, in Bo- Now we're in we're in 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 Galos. The Jewish people are everywhere. You always remember the rule. The Shechina is where Roiv, Minyan, Obinyan, Shel Bnei Yisrael is, where most of the Jewish people are. The Golos where, in the last period of time, the main headquarters of the Jewish people was in America. And therefore the last station of the Shechina before Mashiach comes is in America. So the Hizgalos of the Shechina at the moment when Mashiach comes the Hizgalos of the Beis Hamikdash Hashlishi will all be in the headquarters 
שמשום יוצא הירו לכל ישראל. הרבה אינדסיכה says exactly who is referring to, where he's referring to. I'll let you all learn the sikha on your own to get that information. But all of that, it's amazing. Amazing revelation. And as I told you at the beginning, Kedayahu HaRebbe Lismechalov, that his words are going to be true, as his record has shown throughout history. By the way, I'm add one more thing. He goes so far and he says, that in Hilchus Malachim, the Rambam says, it's fascinating, the Rambam says in Hilchus Malachim, that one of the jobs, Moshiach Tzadkeinu, in order for, till he's established as Moshiach, he has to do a few things. He has to influence the Jewish people to keep Torah and mitzvahs. He has to fight the battles of God and be victorious. And he will build the Beis Amigdash in his place. Now what does it mean to build the Beis Amigdash in Eretz Yisrael? The Rebbe asks a question. Of course, where else are you going to build the Beis Amigdash? Not B'makoymai. What does the Ramam have to tell you? He says, Maybe we can say, that the Ramam is hinting to, he's not learning it in Pshat, but the Ramam is hinting to, that when we say, Yivne Beis Hamikdash B'mekoimai, doesn't mean, B'makam Hamikdash. That of course is going to happen afterwards. What the Ramam means is, Yivne Beis Hamikdash, <coughs> where Mashiach himself is, during the time of Golas. B'mekoimai is referring to his place. Because obviously, since Mashiach Tzedkenu is the central soul, it says in, in, in Sfarim that every single Jew has an neshama. The chelak alakain mimal in a yid's neshama is called the yechida, the deepest point of your neshama. And that's Mashiach inside of you. What is Mashiach? Every yid has a chelak and mitzvot. Mashiach is the neshama koileles that is koilel all those yechidas. And that's why according to the Arizal, Mashiach is the highest level of neshama of all of history. Eliyahu Anavi was the madre of Ruach. David HaMelech was Nefesh. Moshe Rabbeinu was neshama. Adam Arishan was Chai. And, and, and Mashiach Tzadkenu is Yechida. Every Jew has Yechida. Mashiach is the one that awakens the Yechida in every Jew. He himself is the Yechida of all the Jewish people. Therefore, where he is, that's where the Shechina is, because he's including all Neshamas of all. And therefore he builds a shul, B'mekoimai, in his place, where he is, not in Eretz Yisrael. Because like the Gemara says, when they were looking for Mashiach, or the, whatever, Yeshua ben Levi, he said, where he asked Eliyahu, where is he? He said, he's sitting by the gate of Rome. And he's sitting amongst the poor. What does it mean, the gate of Rome? Rome represents Churban Beis Amigdash. Rome means the, 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 he sits with the Jewish people in Golos. And he's waiting for the Giyula with breathless anticipation. In that place, he builds a base. He builds the Beis Amigdash. He builds a, a Migdash Ma'at. Which is the, which is the Hachana for the third Beis Amigdash, which will reveal itself in that Migdash Ma'at. And from there, it will come to Eretz Yisrael. And what's its job? The job of that Beis Amigdash is to collect all the shuls. Because from that Beis Amigdash, light goes out. It's in the diaspora, it's in the Golos. Light goes out. 
The Shechina reaches from that Beis Migdash. The Shechina reaches all the Migdash's Ma'atz. And when it comes time for the Gula to happen, the Beis Migdash reveals itself there, Bimekai Mai, of Mashiach Tzadkenu. And from there, it takes all the shuls and it brings them all to the Beis Migdash Ashlishi. So Mashiach is coming from Golis. The Shechina reveals itself in Golis. Third base Migdash reveals itself in the Golas, and from there it comes to Eretz Yisrael. Unbelievable stuff. He also adds an interesting thing. There's a famous Yalkut Shemayni, it was even turned into a song that people sing. And what does the Yalkut Shemayni say? The time when Mashiach will come. He stands on the roof of the Beis Hamikdash of Mashmi Ali Yisrael, and he tells the Jewish people the famous words: "Anovim, anovim, egiyas mangulaschem." My humble ones, the time of the redemption has arrived. He asks a simple question. He says, "If what does it mean that he stands on the roof of the Beis Hamikdash? It can't mean," he says, "the third Beis Hamikdash that's already built in Eretz Yisrael. If you have the mosque, the third Beis Hamikdash, you have a mosque there." If that, that, if that structure is down and you have a third base on Migdash, I need Moshiach to stand on the roof and tell the Jewish people, Hello! Hello! I'm not important. My humble ones, Igiyaz and the time of your redemption has arrived. The time of your redemption has arrived. Moshiach is here already. You have a base on Migdash already. You have uh, how many? Uh, uh, three, I don't know how many billion Muslims in the world. <laughs> and the fact that you were able to take down that. That, that, that structure over there and have a third base on English, obviously Mashiach is here already. That couldn't have happened without Mashiach being here. Mashiach doesn't have to tell you So the Rebbe says, name. When it says that Mashiach stands on the roof of the base on English, it's not referring to that base on English. It's referring to the base on English that's in Chutzliaretz. It's referring to the Migdash Ma'at that will be the place of the third Beis Amigdash. And that's why he's Medayik. It says, Al-Gag Beis Amigdash. On the roof of the Beis Amigdash. Because we know, Gagin Loineskachu. The roofs, the rooftops of the temple never became holy. That's why it's emphasizing that he's standing on the roof. Meaning in a Beis Amigdash that doesn't have Kedusha Samigdash. And from that place, Mashiach tells the Jewish people, Higiyaz mangu laschem, the time of your redemption has arrived. Get ready. That means that the Jewish people don't see it yet. No one sees it. Everybody is still busy doing their things. We're still working. We're still doing everybody's ishtachas gafnoi. People are thinking about making millions. And people are thinking about doing traveling the world. And people are thinking, all them are shagas. And Mashiach Tzedkeinu tells us, Higiyaz mangu laschem, way before the Yula comes. And where is he telling it from us? From Gag Beis Amigdash. From his shul. Which is what? Gag. The reason why it says Gag is because Gag in Loineskachu. And from that place, we're told that the time of redemption has arrived. And it's our job to prepare so that we can greet Mashiach Tzedkenu. Bekarev Mamish very, very soon. And then every single shul will connect itself through all those main central shuls that we spoke about throughout the generations, who will be first attached to the Beis Hamikdash. All other shuls will attach around them. I'm sure it's going to be done in a very architectural way that's going to look nice, or else the thing is going to be, look very lopsided, Chas Vashalom, if you're thinking about just attaching everything together over there. Obviously, Yerushalayim is Yefein Noif Mesoyz Kola Aretz. It's got to be beautiful. So somehow the Abishter in his unbelievable wisdom is going to figure out how to connect them all, that they're just going to be a spectacular 
spectacular work of art. And Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to all be in the third Beit Samedash. May we see it now, now, and now. Oh, 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 oh,